five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to talk about catalogs and getting started in print today. And here we go. But first, a little fun. This is from Overstock.com. Here we go. So Todd Wasserman at Media Post says that Overstock taps into Partridge Family nostalgia. Apparently that's the melody from the Partridge Family theme song, which they've taken liberties with. They they changed it to uh, instead of come on, get instead of come on, hello world, it's uh, it's time to do some shopping. Uh it used to be Hello World, there's a song we're singing. Anyway, 1970s show, The Partridge Family. Um, I don't remember that very well. I don't know that Gen Xers would, but it's a catchy little tune. So I think in that spirit, I think it's fine. And um, that's about all for that. Okay. Um, Margaret Moransky posted on LinkedIn uh, in honor of, the I think, the 35th anniversary of Levenger. Uh, a little intro that's from their website on uh, on Levenger.com. And I liked it because it, it shows you how this stuff gets going. Okay. So Steve Levine uh, is one of the founders of Levenger. And I think his wife, uh, he and his wife basically are, are it. But they named it Levenger because they combined Levine and Granger. Uh, but I don't know who <laughs> where Granger came from. This article does not include it. Okay, but when people ask how he got started founding Levenger, he said, getting fired from my job helped quite a bit. And he said, I I, I came up with a new business idea, and I said, if the board doesn't adopt it, I guess I got to find another place. To, I guess I should move on. He said that to his boss, and the board didn't approve it, so his boss called him in and said, I guess it's time for you to move on. At least they gave him some severance. I was trying to think if I've ever really gotten any severance. I don't think I have. Anyway, uh, so, uh, and he said, I know it's a little rough time for you because, you know, you're expecting your first child, but business is business. Okay. Uh, but he probably perceived that Steve was the kind of guy that's going to, you know, he, he said, as he looked up the corporate ladder I saw people above me on the corporate ladder who didn't seem to have much more on the ball than I did. You know, that's, yeah, that's a curse. <laughs> it's a curse as you get to meet all the nice people above you. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he was determined to be an entrepreneur. So they were, apparently, not only were they expecting their uh, their, their first child, but they were uh, shopping for lighting for our, their first home while they still were employed. And they were very frustrated with, yeah, Levine and Granger. But I don't know who Granger is. It doesn't say. You might want to add that in there, Steve. Um, we became frustrated with the offerings searching for lighting. And this is oftentimes how businesses get started. They, you know, what is the definition of marketing from the AMA? Uh, find a need and fill it. So here's a need. They were frustrated with the offerings at stores, and they were intrigued with the new halogen lights, okay, which, you know, were set kind of permanently to daylight kind of settings. So very, very, not very warm. You know, I 
I have old incandescents up here and, uh, and an LED that looks like an incandescent. Um, but the bright white light seemed to be like a new generation of computer chips. And just as microchips allowed computers to do new things, we understood halogen bulbs would allow lighting fixtures to do new things. So after visiting the wholesale lighting shows, we put together a collection of some of the designs we like best and a tiny catalog and we put together a tiny catalog which was only really a, a, an eight and a half by 11 sheet folded twice, so a little and probably trimmed so and maybe stapled, uh, which makes a little uh, four page catalog, four page, eight page, one, two, three, four, yeah, eight page, eight page. And they did a one inch ad in the New Yorker, serious lighting for serious readers. Writer call for a free catalog, Levenger Company, Belmont, Massachusetts. Those blessed readers of the New Yorker called to ask, do you really know about reading lights? It says for serious readers, I think the ad meant, this is the joke of it, I think they meant that since it's in the New Yorker, everybody who subscribes is like a serious reader. I don't think they meant it <laughs> the way people took it. Do you really know about reading lights? Because it's very important to us. So the, the serious readers of the New Yorker magazine, you know, a kind of a peculiar demographic, really, accidentally targeted. Uh, it's a, he says, Steve says, actually, we knew nothing about reading lights. We didn't know, we did know enough, however, to listen to what the potential customers wanted, right? That's another principle of marketing. Find a parade and run to the front. So we visited with lighting engineers, bulb manufacturers, and vision experts and quickly became experts of a sort. At least we had more expertise than the salesperson you might find at your local lighting store or, you know, at the, or the people calling you on the phone. And so our tiny business began to make sales. We thought the key market would be for lights next to personal computers, which were flooding into our homes. But the demand was actually for a far older pursuit, reading in bed. Okay, That was the first of many surprises. And I want you to take note here. Steve and company let the market tell him where to go. Okay, And that's one of the advantages of launching with a larger vehicle is you can put a lot of stuff in it and see which sells best, right? Because it may not be the same on mail than on than on your website. It may, you know, or mail-generated buyers may buy differently than the web-generated buyers. Absolutely, absolutely, almost always happens. Okay, so uh, now they got millions of beloved customers, and Levenger is thriving, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful catalog. So our heartfelt birthday thanks to you, dear customers. It's been a rewarding adventure. We hope it continues for many years. And then just for fun, I thought I'd show you the Levenger catalog because I can. Okay, because I got this spiffy computer. I they, yeah, Margaret mailed me one, and uh, and I loved it. And I searched around a little bit for it, but I couldn't put my hands on it. Uh, I think she just mailed that special and I didn't get on the mailing list, unfortunately, because I'm kind of a pan aficionado. But anyway, here's the catalog. And what I was shocked with right off the bat was all the leather goods and purses and wallets and things and primarily women in the beginning, because it seems like it was lights and pens for a long time. And there's suede and there's black leather. And oops, what's this down here? This I was going to say it looks like a cigar carrying pouch, but they, 
they they have pens in it instead. <laughs> I have something that looks just like that, but it's for cigars. Maybe that is for cigars. Let's see. It's hard to this is a little bit small. I would make this full screen, but anyway, so now they get to the pens and then they get to a little bit of furniture. I'm looking for something like this, little teeny. I'm just looking for this part though to sit next to my easy chair. That would work though. I think that might be what I want for Christmas. See, and this is the advantage of a catalog. You find things you didn't know you wanted or at least you didn't know where to find uh, to look for them. And so there you go. And now there's some of the pens and special stuff that they were famous for when I first encountered them. Okay, notepads, make things special, pen collections. Yeah, that's beautiful stuff. Just beautiful. I love it. Okay, it, they all look like humidors to me. <laughs> it's my problem, I guess. Okay, so let's move on and go to the next article. So here's something from Steve Lett. Direct mail versus catalogs. Is there print in your future? Okay, so, and, you know, I'm talking with Adweek. I'll mention Dave. And then I'll put his name in here, uh, David. And uh, so this is kind of an area I'm interested in. I'm interested in who out there is thinking of doing mail as an additional channel, perhaps, as a new channel, perhaps. If you're thinking about expanding your marketing program to include print or direct mail strategy, this article's for you. A print strategy can help you grow your business by driving new and current customers to your website. Direct mail will complement your e-commerce business by giving you another channel of distribution. I don't know if I'd call it another channel of distribution, but I'd certainly call it an advertising channel. So how do you get started? How do you decide between testing a catalog, Slim Jim, postcard, flyer, or other direct mail program? Okay. For example, does it make sense to start with a direct mail test, then move to a catalog format later? All good questions. Okay, one of the questions you want to focus on is how much do you have to offer people? And by offer, Steve means a merchandise offer is like um, in the Levenger catalog you might have one item feature one picture of an item and then maybe little small insets of different colors that are available right um that he could would consider one offer even though the skus the skus stock keeping units in the inventory there's four different products that are on the shelf right four different things you you need to keep track of to ship the right color to the to the consumer but the basic offer is that one at one grouping of items, okay? So uh, one is how much, how many of those do you have, right? How many do you want to print? The size of your customer database and, and of course, the size of your budget, right? Always good to figure that out. And, uh, and we're seeing more and more uh, e-commerce merchants take some of that pay-per-click and move it over to direct mail. And you can see uh, you can see um, <laughs> Andrew Ettinger about that. Anyway, a minimum of 250 to 300 product offerings is pretty good. That would be for a 40-page catalog. That would be six items per page, or roughly, which is a pretty high density. It's pretty. That's pretty solid. Okay, that might be a little. You you know you could you can if you want to be beautiful you can have less than that. Um, 
and I have one right here that's furniture catalog. It's it's full of stuff, but maybe I can get it out. You know, it depends. That that product density is a lot, a big question when you start thinking about, um, you know, how much you want to let the designers play around. Okay, so this, for example, and you can't really see. But this, for example, very, very open, probably about three or four cat products per page. Okay. If that's if you want to have a lot of you know glamour and setting and context to your products, well then you either need more pages. But that's one of those questions uh, that Steve didn't mention, which is what product density do you want? Okay. And the product density plus the number of pages tells you what how many products you can offer. And you don't have to offer every product either. Uh, a lot of catalogers today, a lot of traditional catalogers are going to smaller format catalogs and driving people to the to the web or driving to them to the uh, online catalog. Although most of my friends, when I ask them how their online catalog works, they say the number of views is almost nothing. So, you know, if your printer offers that, maybe it's worth it. Otherwise, it may not be. But every square inch... Uh, of space needs to produce a return on investment. And so uh, his minimums are 250 or so product offerings, a minimum run of 100,000, 32 pages or more, and uh, a minimum of 5,000 customers on your house file. And of course, there's customers and there's customers, right? Most of those, if all you have is 5,000, then 4,000 of them probably only bought once. So they're not probably going to generate an enormous amount of revenue. So you have to be, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if your idea is very targeted where you know you can get the lists. And again, I always work with list brokers to get their opinions on what lists might be the best. And I always would test more than a few. And so usually we test about 5,000 per list. And these days I know everybody's going with the, uh, the modeled response but if they don't tell you what the model did it doesn't tell you very much so but a hundred thousand would be about then about 20 lists that you could test including or 19 plus your your customer file okay so there's another consideration which is what is the size okay six by nine for smaller slim gym formats up to eight by ten and a half okay for full-size catalogs you know it's it's funny but it's not it's not eight and a half by eleven they need a half inch of trim and stuff. That's pretty much the normal size. So um, Steve says work with your printer on format options. But if you've never printed a, you know, a direct mail piece before, you don't have a printer. And so you want to be a little careful. This is where you really want to get some previous, someone with previous expertise so that he, he can steer you to a, a proper printer for – there's a different printer probably for Slim Jims versus – uh, regular saddle stitched, you know, 48 page catalog. And there's another printer probably for postcards. Uh, and I'm not saying that you, you should unfairly pit them against each other, but, um, they'll each have perspectives and they'll each lean toward the print vehicle that meets their, their machinery <laughs> specs. So, um, if you can't meet the minimum, you can still t print a test print program, okay? And he says direct mail, and what I'm assuming is he means like an envelope or some other some other format, and postcards uh, are a good alternative. And there's a lot of 
interesting formats. There's also, we're working on a format that where we, where we have alternative inserts for, you know, the one product that that customer bought. We can model, we can model a package that looks one way for one person, depending on what they bought previously and, and maybe their geodemographics and another package for another one. Now, if you get too fancy with that stuff, you'll have a hard time figuring out what's working and what isn't. So you want to, you, you want to stay fairly simple and you want a, like a consistent offer. If you're going to test the lists and the demographics or do some machine learning, a hundred thousand would be minimum, minimum, minimum for any kind of machine learning. In my opinion, after doing thousands and thousands of machine learning models, but um, you know, it works better if you have more. So anyway, um, so there are all the, here's, here's a cost comparison, which I really liked. Thanks, Steve. I was a little surprised though, because uh, he didn't sort of take it to the bottom line. So here's a catalog, 48 page catalog versus a six by nine postcard, two sides versus a Slim Jim, 32 pages in a six by, by 10 uh, size page. Okay. So then, then he multiplies out the number of square inches, which is handy. And we use that in our sales per square inch or, or profit per square inch or profit per percent of catalog, which is what I use typically, because then you don't have to worry about, you know, oftentimes the catalog's response rates will go up at the beginning and then taper off a long time. Um, and people spend a lot of time noodling around with that stuff. It's not worth much time. Keep it simple again. Okay, so let's say he's gonna we're gonna mail 157,000 of these. That gives us this number of square inches times this. Okay, and th it also gives us this cost. Okay, so the catalog is 68.5 cents. I don't know if that's fully burdened with marketing costs and in the and postage, um, but we'll just go with that. Uh, it's, you know, I've done them for that. I've done them for less. I've done them for more. Um, but just looking at that, that's $107,000, uh, $107, okay? The postcard is only $65,000, the same circulation, and the Slim Jim is in between with $89,000, okay? Now, but here's what was interesting. I took those square inches, and that's, that's square inches per piece. That's nothing totals times the circ. But anyway, I took that and I found out that that the if the cost per piece is 68 cents, the 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 cost per square inch on this one is 27 cents. Okay? So about a quarter. Okay? Over here on the postcard, these costs translate out to be $6 per square inch. And the Slim Jim is 46 cents per inch. So if you have the products, this is the real key. This is the bottom line. If you have the products, then don't just look at the cost, but look at the cost per square inch because you're going to compare the revenue per square inch when the sales come in. And what you can see is, is that a 48-page catalog is a heck of a good deal. A heck of a heck of a heck of a good deal. And that's why people use that format. It also gives people something to listen to, to or to take time with, to sit down with, to look through and enjoy, uh, which is why I'm a big fan of catalogs. But if you're just getting started, you can test with this. Okay. And so thanks for that, Steve. And uh, if you're out there, you know, give Steve a call or give me a call <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about 
what steps you might want to think about. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Share. Bye-bye.